Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good to have everybody with us today. We are going to wrap up our talk on kingdom culture today. We've been in it for several weeks, and I'm going to I'm going to attempt to wrap this thing up anyway. You guys going to help me with this, right? Let, let let's go right away to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll, we'll dig, dig into the things today. Uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus makes this statement. Out of the New Living, he says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now, here's the first thing you've got to ask yourself is this. What does that mean to you in your life today? Above all else what? Above all else my kids? Above all else my career? See, guys, God is trying to get us at a place where we're not relying on anything of this world. You understand this world and this world system. Now, this is review. Like we said last week in 1 Peter, there's going to come a day when all this is done. You get that? We're going to close the chapter on what we, quote, call life, and we're actually going to step into life. I think the Christian has to be open to this reality that the moment you're born again, that's when yours starts. And so Jesus wants us to understand putting his kingdom, his way first, and he will give you everything you need. Now, we talked about this out of the message. I really love how the message paraphrases it. Steep your life, and we talked about this word steep. It's like, like you make tea on the stove, old school. You take tea bags and you steep them in water. And the longer they're steeping, the stronger the tea gets. Guess what? The longer you steep your life, not in some religious idea, not in some denominational philosophy, but the more you steep your life in God realities, in God initiative, in God provision. Let me ask you something today. How many of you honestly honestly believe that God is your provider today, that all of your needs are met according to the riches of glory that are in his kingdom, not according to overtime. Now listen, thank God for good jobs, thank God for overtime, right? But God needs a group of people that knows that in the middle of good times and bad times, in the middle of facing giants and in the middle of the valleys and the mountaintops, he needs, to, he needs a group of people knowing he's got you. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provision. Don't worry about missing out. You know one of the big reasons people worry about missing out? We're always looking at somebody else. We're always comparing our life with someone else. Well, Lord, I, I, I'm a better Christian than they are. What's that got to do with anything? That's still a works mentality. Hmm? God wants you in a faith place where you're believing him to provide, to surround you with favor, things of that nature. He goes on to say that you will find every, that your everyday human concerns will be met. So give your entire attention. It's adorable, isn't it? Y'all okay this morning? Tell your face. Yeah. Is he for real? Give your entire attention to him? Come on, guys, because here's what happens. I mean, I, I'm, I'm your pastor, and my 
my job is to spend time in his presence to feed you, to equip you. And I still fail at this. Give my entire attention. It's hard to give your entire attention to God when you're doing other stuff. So what he's wanting us to do is embrace the fact that this is a lifestyle. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't be out. We were talking, Cody and I were talking this morning well, with the time change. I, I'm going to have to start praying that they stop the time change. Because it, me, it messes with our golf. <laughs> There's a group of us on Monday afternoons that play golf, and now that the time changes after work, we can't play golf anymore. I know, it gets dark. Not cool. Huh? But uh, the thing that, what, what happens is, it's difficult to give your entire attention to God and your golf game sucks and you're, fo- doing, you're giving all your focus to, huh, you're right, I, I don't need no help, Chris, all right, oh, okay, yeah, give your entire attention to what God is doing. See, what God wants you to understand, he wants you to be, Brother Hagin used to tell us like this, keep the switch of faith turned on. So whether you're on the job, on the golf course, whether you're shopping at the mall, speaking of shopping, let me just encourage all of you all, going into this month, this is small business month, go shopping, help small businesses, they really need help. Appreciate your enthusiasm with that. Seriously, go help them. Go shop local. Y'all with me on this? Or we just go keep big boxing it? I know. It's going, to take, it's going to take you trusting God to do some of these things now. Because you, you can go to the big box and get it a dollar cheaper. Yeah, anyway. I can meddle, but I'm not going to. See, the, the, the main reason that Jesus is making this statement is because God has an assignment for every one of us. And it, make no mistake, it will absolutely require you to learn how to be governed by his system and not this world system. This world system is crumbling. Make no mistake about it, regardless of who wins next week, this world system is crumbling. Right before our eyes, it is crumbling. It, it, it is not built to, to, to sustain itself. And once the church is gone, anyway, I'll get it. I'm getting ahead of myself. <clears throat> You see, in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells us that anyone that will humble himself and become like a little child, he says, this person will be greatest in the kingdom. What's he trying to say there? If if you'll be humble, because the Bible makes it clear that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. See, if you're humble, you're teachable. Many times, and, and here's the thing, we've, we're all guilty of it at different things. You'll hear something, you're like, Psh, I know that. That's not humble. Because it's not the knower. What, what is it? It's the doer. I know not to eat supersized fries. I know that that's not, I, I know it's not good for you. It's not the knower. It's the doer. I know I should eat more broccoli. I got some Brussels sprouts in the refrigerator. (laughs) 
They might stay there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Those, those, yeah, put, amen, put some cheese on, right? <laughs> those who humble themselves and become like little children will be greatest in the kingdom. You see, there are some people that, that are part of our church family, and you rarely see them because they're serving on the backside of this building in children's ministry, and they never get any acknowledgement, they never get any recognition, but make no mistake about it, God is not moved by titles and positions. He's moved by the faithfulness of someone's heart. And some of those people are going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. When we move to the other side and you see their mansion and you see all the royal apparel that they have been adorned with, and you're like, man, what did you do? I served in children's ministry for 12 years. Hero will probably be strapped across their chest. Because <laughs> you listen, if you do that for 12 years, yeah. So, guys, if we're going to take part in the things of the kingdom, if, if we're going to fulfill our God-ordained assignment, then we've got to have these kind of talks because it will be fresh in our thinking. Because what I've discovered as a pastor, we will never experience, we'll never participate in the supernatural, in the things of the unseen kingdom of heaven if we never talk about it. It has to be a reality in your thinking. Right? Our thinking actually has to be renewed to the place because what I've found out, everybody in this room, everybody listening to me, watching, podcasting me at a later time, we all move in the direction of our most dominant thought. You will. So whatever is dominating your thought life, so hopefully the things of God, and we're talking about this, this kingdom culture that we're a part of, and if, you, if you're coming into the end of this, then go back and listen to the rest of it. It will help you with some perspective because according to Jesus, the kingdom of God, it's not a location. Now, there is a place we will go someday, but the kingdom of God, Jesus actually makes this statement. He says, guys, the kingdom of God is within you. It's a system. It's God's government. It's, it's his way of doing and being. So you can believe God for stuff. You can experience and not only experience, but be a vessel God uses Huh? To bring his kingdom to this realm. See, in God's kingdom, here's the thing I want you to understand today. In God's kingdom, words are so much more than communication. Listen to me very carefully. Because we, we, you know Jesus said that you will give an account for every idle word. <laughs> I know, Sherry, right? Every time I read that, I'm like, that's what I do. I'm like, mmm. You ever read the, the word of God and you go, mmm, God just said, <laughs> every, we're going to give an account for every word. You see, words are, are not just communication. In the, in the realm of God, words actually contain spiritual reality. You think about it, that's how we're born. We're born of the incorruptible word of God. In John 1, in the beginning was the word. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and in verse 14 the Bible says, And the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among humanity. Living Word, written Word, one and the same. And it does have creative value to it. And so, now I'm not saying, I know there's this ditch where you get out of balance with confession and saying stuff. Stop that. That's not what I'm talking about today. There is no confession formula. I know we give you cards that you can confess the word of God. Saying the word of God is different than you saying your thing. 
See, when, when, a, when a born again speaks the word of God, you are speaking creative power. This is why Jesus, he, he told us that if we would believe, in, in Mark chapter 11, he says this, if we would believe what we say would come to pass, we would have what we say. Did he really mean that? Now, you can't just say anything you want to say. But, you know, right believing, here's the thing, it starts with right thinking. Huh? There has to be some mind renewal. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. See, Proverbs also says this, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. James says that your tongue is the rudder, of, like a, the rudder of a ship. Your tongue is the rudder of your life. It is setting the, the way you talk. See, but some of you all, you never govern your mouth. You just, whatever comes up in your thinking, you just let it flow. That's, why Jesus, that's what Jesus meant when he said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. See, you, all you got to do is hang out with somebody for a few minutes, and you really find out their true nature. You listen to them talk, and sooner or later, it starts, it starts coming out. You see, the soul of a human. Now, your soul is your mind and your will, but your soul really is what governs your life. Now, it works in connection with your spirit, but your soul is what, that's what you make decisions with. That's what processes the things that, that God puts in your spirit. So, if, if you look at it from that perspective and you are a born-again person, then your soul needs to be renewed to the things of God so you can think like God. Y'all okay? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to go a little deep. Is this okay? You know, Hebrews says that by now some of you all should be teachers, but you need to be taught again. To... Paul said it like this, I fed you with milk with not solid food because you're not ready for solid food yet. I think some of y'all ready for some solid food. huh? I think you can handle it, right? And if you can't, then go study it out and find out. But what I want you to understand today is because our soul is connected to the spirit world, to the kingdom of heaven, thoughts are more than just, boom, thoughts. They're spiritual. Thoughts are spiritual. Here's a perfect example. How many times if you've read through the Gospels and you've watched Jesus, and Jesus, Eric, Jesus would respond to their thoughts. Many times he responded to, to the Bible may, lets us know that Jesus knowing their thoughts. I'm like, wow. Is he a fortune teller? No, he is anointed Holy Ghost God. Well, guess who's in you? Thoughts are spiritual, guys. Really, thoughts are seeds that are sown. Remember, God told us this. Everything about the kingdom of heaven works this way. It's as if a man sows a seed. What are you sowing into your life on a regular basis? And don't kid yourself, the enemy would love to attack your thoughts. Some of the evil that's going on in our world today, it's because they're being manipulated, manipulated by the kingdom of darkness. You entertain the wrong thought long enough, according to the Apostle James, that's how sin winds up in your life. So James makes it very clear. He says you can't continue living this double-minded life. Watch this. Let me show you this. Go back to James chapter 1. We had this uh, text in a previous passage, but I love it out of the Message Bible. It says, if you don't know, this is James 1.7, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. And you'll get his help, and you won't get it with this condescending 
uh, attitude about it when you ask. But then he says this, ask boldly. Ask believingly. Ask without a second thought. Because people who worry their prayers, how many of y'all worry your prayers? Yeah, we have done, I, I know two of us raised their hand, the rest of y'all, it's okay. We all have done this nonsense. We all have worried our prayers. He says, if you do this, you're like the wind-whipped waves, and don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way because you're adrift. You're being, the more traditional writing says you're being tossed this way and that way with every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike. Anything that's coming on the, on the media, anything that's on the news, it, it, you, you just you absorb all that stuff, and then, then you want to wonder why you can't make a rational, godly decision. I love how James says this. I love how the message paraphrases it. Keep all your options open. When you do that, you're not focused on anything. Hmm? He says, don't think you're going to get anything going this double-minded life. We all like to keep all of our options open, though, don't we? God says, no, that's not trust. That's not faith. God wants you stepping out, trusting him, right in the middle of the unknown, right in the middle of questionable situations. Remember last week we talked about this? God told the children of Israel, how long are you going to stay on this mountain? Go in and possess the land. Well, God, give me a sign. God killed the giant. God opened. No, he didn't. He, he said, go. Come on, man. There you go. I was wondering where you was at today, Josh. Yeah. You got, you got to step out on faith sometimes. John takes it a step further. He gives us a little more insight. He says this, I pray that your whole, or he says, I pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. See, you, your, your, your way of thinking has to change. So I guess you got to ask yourself this this morning. Maybe the key question for us today is this. What is, guys, what is the dominant influence in our soul right now? If we were to sit down one-on-one, that was to interview you, what would you say your dominant influence is in your life today? Hmm? Somebody's book? TV show? A loved one? Maybe the Bible? Now, don't let the enemy put condemnation on you because we're all growing at different places. But when you hear things like this, you at least have to be willing. Remember what we started with? you got to be humble enough to say, okay, God, I think you're dealing with me today. Because I could be talking about something and God will be dealing with you about something completely different. Let me ask it like this. How single-minded would you say that you are concerning the things of the kingdom of heaven? Or are you more self-agenda-driven? The things that you want, your plans and your purposes. See, what God is looking for in a group of people today is, is people that are like the prophet Isaiah that will just say, oh, you know what, Lord? Okay, what you want? Oh, you want me to go do what? Talk to a coworker. I don't like them, Lord. I've been praying for you to get them out of my department. Now, why y'all laugh at that? Because that's how God works, isn't it? We're, guys, revelation, we're his body. So as each of us, as people of God, as we begin to grow to the place where we're seeking, where we're steeping our life in kingdom realities, when we get to the place where we're putting the things of God first, when we get to the place where we're actually praying this way, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, Dave, listen, when we get to that place, make no mistake, our influence on the planet will change drastically. The body of Christ will. 
it'll no longer be some religious denominational idea, but it'll be the kingdom of heaven realities when we're thinking and talking. We're like, we check with God in the mornings. Hmm? I would love nothing better than for the kingdom of heaven to shake when you get up. I'm like, oh my God, she's up. Because here's the thing about the kingdom of darkness, you all. It is a real thing. You understand, we've talked about this. There's only two worlds in existence, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness. And the only way you get into this one is through Jesus. I know there's a lot of teachings out there about other stuff, lies. Or, or, lies. Well, only one way. Don't kid yourself, one way. And if you have not bowed the knee to Jesus... If you have not asked him to come into your life, then you still, you can be one of the most moral, sound, good citizens, good family man. But if you have not given your life to Jesus, you still belong to Satan. There's no gray area. And, and if we can, so what we have to do, guys, instead of preaching sin and religion and hammering people and beating them up with the Bible, we need to preach the gospel. Y'all know what the gospel means? Good news. Telling somebody they're going to burn in hell for eternity, that's not good news. You sinner, you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> no. Good news is, I got a better way. Let me, huh? And sometimes they need to see that in your life before they hear that with your mind. See, I think at the end of the day, every, everything about this talk today, everything about the, the, the kingdom of heaven, it all hinges on this one simple thing. Who is Jesus to us? Let me show you this story today. Go to, go to Matthew chapter 16. Now, I know most of you aren't going anywhere because it's in your version app, so you just pull it up. But I want you all, listen, take this stuff home with you. I want you all to become students of the Word of God, okay? I want, you, I want to see you all out somewhere at Lowe's or somewhere, and I want you to preach this sermon to me. Pastor, let me tell you what God told me about the, you know, when you were preaching this Sunday. Huh? I don't want you just coming in here every day like babies and getting me to let me serve up a meal for you. I want you to go home and tear it down and unpack it and, and, and then say, Holy Spirit, now t deal with my life. Huh? Matthew 16. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying this, who do men say that I am? I, the son of man, am. Verse 14, they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. They're all saying this same stuff today. <clears throat> Who is he? You know, well, he's of this denomination, or he's of that denomination, or this organization, or you got to do it. No. Watch this. And then he said this, but who do you? He, 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 got, he dialed in a little closer to his followers. Who do you say that I am? See, here's your question today. Here's our question. Who do we say he is today? Who is he to you? Now, see, for some folks, all Jesus is is an insurance policy from hell. That's all, it, that's all they want. Don't bother me with, don't, don't mess with my life. Huh? But I, I've, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. Now, he may not, because you understand, you know what Lord means? That's a perfect word, Jack. Control. I'm telling you, you know what we do most of the time? We don't go to Jesus unless we're in hot water. Outside of that, Jesus, don't bother me. huh? You just stay at the house. I'll call you if I need you. And here's the thing, he'll be that to you. But in the kingdom, in the kingdom, 
Everything that you and I do on this planet is determining things about our life in the next chapter. You see, this, this, this stuff that we do, this humanity, it's going to be gone. We talked about this last week. It'll be over just like that. Remember I gave you that, that timeline, that perspective last week? So Peter pipes up and says this, you are the Christ. Verse 16, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. This principle works the same today. Verse 18, and I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. I will build my church. Now who's talking here? Jesus. And he says, I will build my church. Guess what? We are part of the church he is building. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail a better, a, better, a better understanding there, the gates of hell can't stop you. Can't stop this. Mm, no. I know, I'm corny, right? Yeah. But what I want you to see first in verse 18 is this. He tells Peter, he says, on this rock. What rock? Now, now listen, because there are denominations and there are groups of people that believe that Peter was the rock. No, Peter's a man. The rock, it, it is Jesus, but it's, it's a step further than that. It's on the revelation. Peter said, flesh and blood didn't teach you, or Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood didn't teach you this stuff. My father gave you a revelation of who I am, that I am the anointed one. And on this rock, I'll build my church. So you get the revelation, you get the revelation, you get a revelation. And the next thing you know, the church is growing stronger and stronger because revelation is coming from the Father of who we are in Him. We are sons and daughters of God, not just servants. And He says, now, now, now watch this, verse 19. And then He makes this radical statement that you, I have, I have been mulling over this scripture all week because it really got me to dig deeper into the realities of the kingdom of heaven because he says this, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. What? Now, now you think about it. Zach, if I give you the keys to my house, you get, you go, hit go. Keys mean access. Listen to it out of the new living. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth. Now, who's he talking to? The church. The, the, King, the new King James says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in the, not, in the heavens. See, that's where the kingdom of darkness operates. You don't have a, listen, you don't have authority over people. You understand that? But you do have authority over the powers of darkness. What the church has failed to embrace is our assignment against them. Our battle, Paul says, is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers, with rulers of darkness, with spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Our job is to stand up. That's what he said when the gates of hell can't stop you. When the church actually does stand up and you take authority and you tell the powers of darkness, today I bind your efforts from interfering with my nation. Can I, can I give you an example of how I pray? Watch this. In the mornings when I, stand, when I get up, I'm sure that they know I'm coming. Because I put this passage, I've gotten such revelation on this passage this week. And I, and I stand up and I tell the kingdom of darkness and I call them out. Principalities, powers, 
rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ according to this passage right here, and I command you to bow your knee and stop your influence. Well, I wonder if that works. Not for you. It doesn't come by wondering. You wonder, you get lost. Well, I'm just out wondering. This is why we have talks like this so that God can get us dialed in. The message says it like this, you will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven. A no on earth, who's he talking to? The church. But until we learn how to operate in that kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, even though they're defeated, they will still wreak havoc in our nation. One will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand to flight. What if all of us got together and bombarded the kingdom of darkness every day? So you're not coming in my city. You're not coming in my city. See, when you start living this way, then you can say, Father, your will be done on earth. Because who's got the keys to the kingdom? We do. So who has, who has the authority to exercise and say, Will, Father, your will come down. That means you got to put the powers of darkness out of the way. When Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys, he literally meant this. I'm giving you access. I'm giving you the principles and the precepts and the laws to exercise your God-ordained authority and dominion. It was actually, if you really think about it, if you go back and look, it was actually transferred to us during what? most religious people call the Great Commission. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And therefore, now you go. We would call that today a POA. Jesus gave us the power of attorney because we are the ambassadors. We are the representatives on the planet. And the only way you exercise this, the only way this is, is a reality is through the word of God. You have to speak God's word because what happened, two things happen. When you exercise God's word and you use it properly as an ambassador, as an heir of, of, of heaven, when you speak into that unseen world, the kingdom of darkness has to obey you. But here, here, here's the other side of that. Angels, now you can't tell, listen, you can't tell an angel what to do. That's the, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. But what I, do in, what I do see in the Bible is that angels were sent to serve on behalf of those who, who, are, who are righteous. And they respond, angels respond to the word of God. Remember the story about Daniel and he was praying for his nation and, the, and everybody tried to stop Daniel from praying. And Gabriel said, Daniel, on your first day, I was commissioned according to the word of Make no mistake about it. They will still move on the word of God today. When you bind the powers of darkness, and then you, then, then you pray this, now, Father, because, whew, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting revelation right now. Watch this. You see, Paul teaches us that government is, is ordained by God. The structure of government, at the highest office to the lowest office, every office ordained by God. The problem is the people, people are in the offices that are not ordained by God. All right, so what our job is to do is to, once you bind the powers of darkness, because I promise you, nobody, listen to me very carefully, nobody is sitting in one of those offices and they have not heard the word. They, they, they have not heard, they've heard the word. 
You don't get to an office like that because the office is ordained. Even if the person in it is corrupt, the office is ordained. So when you bind the powers of darkness from influence in that city region, that city leader, then you say, now God, Holy Spirit, remind them of the seed of the Word of God inside them. This is how you operate in an unseen world. You can't just come against people. We have no authority over people. But when you ask the Holy Spirit, now, okay, now his mind is clear because I have stopped that demon force from interfering with him. Now, Holy Spirit, go to work. Send laborers across their path. Remind them of the seed of the Word of God. But if we never do this, if all we rely on is some political system that is so busted, so busted. But when we start speaking the Word of God, Psalm 19 says it like this. The law of the Lord, now this is all talking about the Word of God. The law of the Lord, that's the Word, perfect. It converts the soul. Now what are we talking about? Converting the soul. Romans 12 does, it says the same thing that we present ourselves to God a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him and do not be conformed to this world but be what? Transformed. He goes on to say the testimony of the Lord is sure. Testimony of the Lord is what? The word of God. The statutes of the Lord are right and the commandments of the Lord are pure and they enlighten our eyes. See this is why the apostle James teaches us guys you can't just be hearers. You got to be doers of it. Why? Because we are this group of people that have been called to the kingdom of heaven. Watch this, 1 Peter chapter 2. Y'all okay? All right. 1 Peter chapter 2. But you, those of you watching, those of you listening, look to yourself, look to a neighbor, say you. Say you. You are chosen. I'm chosen. You chosen. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people not a religion man if I could ever get people to unhook from a from religion religions man's attempt at only something God can do he says you are his own special people why so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and he has placed you in his marvelous light that's why we started this whole series within Colossians that we have been transferred into the kingdom that word chosen, that is a Greek word. Uh, and listen, if, if you're a scholar, then don't email me, okay? But it, it's the Greek word ekliktos or ekletos, however you want to pronounce it. It means this, you have been picked out for special privilege and assignment. Why? Because you are one of the anointed ones now. You are the chosen one. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. The Holy Spirit goes on to let us know that we have to keep corruption and stuff out of our mind, and we do this by continually staying before Him, by praising Him. One of the greatest things that praise and worship does is it clears your mind of junk. Huh? See, I believe this talk is very crucial today. I believe God wants each of us to examine our own life to determine just what we know. About this world that we've been born into because the moment you become a Christian you become this new person in Christ this new creation that's what Christian actually means Christian means like him born of his nature seated with him in heavenly places authorized to execute the kingdom of his world in this one you are an ambassador God actually expects us to understand and execute our assignment 
We have an assignment, you all. This is why in Luke, Jesus says this, it has been given to you, my chosen ones, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're supposed to know this stuff, y'all. We're supposed to be able to, to sit down and have intelligent conversations about an unseen world that's more real than this one and not be weird about it. Huh? The book of Revelation chapter 5 says it like this, and they sang, now let me set this up, I know my time is almost up. Closing number one. Let me, say, let, let me paint the picture here. They're in heaven. The angels and the elders are gathered around, and the Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, because tribulation is unfolding on the planet at the time of what this writing is talking about. And the Bible says, and they sang a new song saying, talking to, to the Lord, worshiping God, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Watch this. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign on the earth. Now listen to me very carefully for a second. See, a king is a royal executive ordained for exercising dominion. A priest is a spiritual representative ordained for helping develop God's people. We're both of those. Huh? Adam and Jesus both stood in that same office. See, the thing, when God made all this in the beginning, this is how he made it, that we were supposed to have dominion over the earth, over all the earth. But, but through deception, Adam fell and gave the dominion to Satan. That's why in, in Corinthians, Paul actually says that Satan is the God of this world. He's not the God of the planet. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The Bible says that he gave the earth to the children of men. We are God's, we're the landlord, if you will, on the planet. Unfortunately, we've allowed the kingdom of darkness to have way too much say. And God wants us to understand who we are today. He wants us to embrace this reality. Romans 5 said, because of one man's sin, that's talking about Adam, death reigned through the one. Much more surely those who receive God's overflowing grace will reign as kings in life. Will reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus. We're supposed to be the ones in charge on the planet. I'll leave you with this. Isaiah, closing number two. Isaiah 61, there's a beautiful story. If you have some time, let me encourage you to go read Isaiah 61 because Isaiah, looking hundreds of years into the future, is prophesying about us. And he starts with Jesus and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Watch this. Isaiah goes on to say that my people will be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And you shall be named priests of the Lord, servants of the Almighty. You see, guys, according to Jesus, as children of God, as joint heirs of Christ, we are seated with him in 
heavenly places. The Apostle John tells us this, that we have been chosen by Jesus for an assignment on the planet. You are here for a reason. Philippians informs us that we are citizens of heaven right now. The Apostle Paul in Corinthians says that we are ambassadors on this planet, and the book of Genesis lays the foundation for all of it when he says that we have been created in his image and in his likeness. He told us to subdue the earth, to dominate the earth. One of my pastors, I've, I've got a pastor that is really one of my mentors I've followed for years. He pastors one of the largest churches in Chicago. In Chicago. And he says this all the time. He said, God didn't send us here to take sides. He sent us here to take over. But we're just sitting around singing Kumbaya. Come by here, Lord. Nuh-uh. We've been authorized. Now it's time for us to be united to go do something. Huh? We have to come to terms with we've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Man, I got so much more to give you, but I got to get I got to get out of here. I may have to bring y'all. Okay, if we we have another week on this, I, I I mean I could talk for two more months about the kingdom and barely touch the surface of the stuff, but um, I, I just can't get, give you everything. I could try to rush it and, and, and no. So we may come back one more Sunday if that's okay. Remember, you are the chosen ones for such a time as this, chosen by Jesus himself. He actually says this in the, in the Gospel of John, you didn't choose me. I know some people say, I found Jesus. No, Jesus has never been lost. Uh -uh, you didn't find nobody. Uh -uh. You finally responded to that tug on your heart. And that tug on your heart that's happening right now, it's the same way it's happened with everyone of us at some point in our life in this room. Jesus said, come on, give me a chance. Give me a chance today. Give me a chance. Take a step of faith. Don't think you got to know everything about the Lord. No, no, no nobody, nobody knows everything about the Lord. Don't think you got to get your life straightened out first. And I've heard people, well, I get my life straightened out, preacher, I'll come to church. No, that's what the church is for. You know, you, if you could have straightened it out, you'd done it a long time ago. Now, Jesus said, give me a chance. So that thought rolling around. Those of you watching, those of you listening to a podcast six months from now, stop what you're doing. Take a second. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Church, let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said the prayer, let somebody know. We'd love to help you stop by our information desk. Uh, if you're watching, listening, give us a call, tell a friend, something like that. I think your next steps in your journey of faith are crucial in this time in history that we're living in. A couple other things. If you haven't voted yet, get out and vote. Make sure you do that. It's important that we vote. It's important that the body of Christ stands up. Are you here? I think that we're living in, in, in times where I, I really believe God is, just like God did for Esther, I believe God's setting the church up for something, spe something special. But we won't do it individually. We won't do it divided. A house divided cannot stand. A kingdom divided cannot stand. But when we are united and anointed, we will bring down the yoke of the kingdom of darkness and God's will will be done on this planet. You know the Bible does tell us that God's coming back for this glorious church. Yeah, let's get ready. Let's get ready. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.